I'm Brandon Carey. I'm Jason Grady. This is the Medic Class Citizen Podcast. everybody so today we have a guest in the studio that i've gotten to know for about a, a couple of years now actually chris bowman firefighter paramedic Ooh. very recent paramedic so very he, recent so very he, how recent four or five days cool congratulations yeah, man thank you how does it thank feel you feels amazing. So today we want to talk about if if you had the ability to talk to a paramedic student who's starting a program tomorrow, I want them to be able to hear the good, the bad, and the realistic expectations of the journey that they're about to take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess that's all dependent upon whatever type of program they go through. You know, that's that's definitely right. a variable. But Well, straight off the bat, whatever program you go to, it's what the student puts in. You know, absolutely. Um Come in with a with a strong desire to learn, good work ethic, and like I said, it's it's kind of like a choose your own destiny book. Yeah, you know, you'll get you'll your finished product will be what you put in. Absolutely. So, what was your without getting too cliche? What were your reasons? Why'd you come to paramedic school? Well, I never even really considered this career as a possibility until um, four years ago, four or five years ago. Uh, I was in school for physical therapy. I wanted to work with the body. Um, I enjoyed medicine. Um, I was kind of into cars, working on cars at the time, and I kind of combined those passions and looked at the body as being like the ultimate machine, you know. I thought it was cool to work with that and troubleshoot. and So I was going for physical therapy, um, and I was involved in a really bad car wreck. I was on a two-lane highway. Guy fell asleep, struck me head on, um, you know, broke my sternum, was in the hospital for a good while and all this stuff. And when the fire crew showed up and the medics, and they cut me out of the car and they put me in, and as we're, you know, running down the highway going to the hospital, I'm looking at these guys and I'm seeing how attentive they were to me and how they were explaining to me what was going on and what to expect. And, you know, I didn't know anything and I'm freaking out is, you know, what's wrong? You know, am I going to have some type of permanent injury or something? And, you know, the guy was just super honest and he said, these are the worst possible things that could be happening to you right now. This, 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 this is why I do not think that's what's happening to you right now. And the way he was able to just cool, calm, collected, explain this to me and, you know, calm my nerves. And I was looking, I was like, wow, these are, you know, Flying down the highway, these guys mm. know what they're doing, and they're we're talking about medicine, and we're helping people. And I want to be that. I want to be that person for somebody one day. That's great. And Interesting. Hope that yeah. wasn't too cliche for you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to help people. I, well, I was not too cliche that I got in a head-on collision. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Everybody says that. Yeah, everybody says <laughs> that. Yeah, that's the standard. Everybody hey. breaks their sternum, bro. <laughs> Be original. <Yeah. laughs> so you graduate EMT school, get out of advanced EMT school, and you're in the station. Right. So you meet your partner for the first time. So I so I pass uh, registry. I think it was, I passed it on a Friday night. Um, they tell me I report to duty Monday. So I go to our headquarters station. They say, hey, all our ambulances are taken right now as far as people being trained on them. Just report to one of our other headquarters stations. And uh, basically, they'll assign you to an apparatus. So I go there. Um, one of the uh, longest tenured paramedics at our department just happened to be working that day, and he happened to be on an engine. I got assigned to that engine for the day. And uh, just talking to him in between calls and talking about his history and his career. How'd that make you feel? Oh, It, it got me hopeful. It got me optimistic. Good. Um, you know, hearing all the all the stuff he's gotten into and stuff he's seen. And I was like, wow, this is. This and then is when you talk about who you're working with to other people in the department, 
you know, they say, oh, okay, yeah, he's he's been around a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. 30, uh, tw- 20 years, 30 years? How long has he been? At our department, 23. Yeah. And then he had done it years prior. But, yeah, he's he's done procedures and, and been on calls that I don't think have ever happened again in Hall Yeah, County. so I can imagine, I think we've, we've talked to, you know, 100 different people. You'd probably get, um, you know, a bunch of different perspectives on coming out of EMT school with the intention to go to paramedic school. Sometimes that intention is wrapped up in fantasy world and that when you actually get out there and you talk to some paramedics, you start going, okay, maybe this isn't, this isn't for me. You run into some medics with either that are just soured or just, I mean, they're just, they're, they're not enjoying what they're doing and you start to realize, oh man, maybe this isn't. So what was it about your preceptor? Cause, um, you know, anybody in this area is going to know who his name is Dwight and he's just a guy that's, I mean, he's just incredible. He's, man. he's, he's just been around, not only been around for so long, but talk about what you saw in him. You know, we, we use this word called burnout, which I think is, is just a cop out mm-hmm. word. Um, you know, we talk about, uh, oh, well, I, I, I want to go do d- different things or I don't want to do this anymore. What yeah. was it about your preceptor? That he, you know, not only solidified you wanted to be a paramedic, but what did, what did it do about, uh, you know, his love for the profession? How did he pour that back into you? Um, to be totally honest with you, it started our first couple shifts together. Uh, so like I said, I met him that day. He then became my preceptor and he did my entire training period. And then I ended up getting stationed with him and we were permanent partners up until now. But um, so when we first started working together, it all started with me noticing him not complaining, mm. never complained. That's We're huge. On our fifth shift, I mean our fifth call, excuse me, after midnight, we've never made our bed, and the tones drop, and he's he's as into it as it was at nine o'clock that morning, mm. and just noticing there's something different about him. He why is he not complaining? He's been doing this longer than as, almost <laughs> as long as I've been alive, and he still is is as amped to do it, you know. And just talking to him and, and hearing his passion and how we just were similar minded, you know, his desire to only be on an ambulance. Um, and he shared the same feeling I do about this profession. I, as cheesy as it sounds, I get a high off of the privilege that I get to come into people's home at 3 a.m. You know, we have these people where, you know, they're going through a, they're going through an issue and there's no pretense. There's no, there's no concern. They trust us. They welcome us. And, you know. You could be a X amount of thousands of dollar a year surgeon somewhere, and uh, you don't get that intimacy, in my opinion, of being in their home, being there in a ditch with them, being on scene. I just yeah, and it's not just I, I truly treasure that. And not it's not just a moment; it's the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's sometimes for some medics, it's a moment instead of you being in that moment with them. Do you think had you been with a preceptor? that was different than that, would you have still gone to paramedic school? I do think so. Yeah, I do think so. But I might not have be as passionate as I am today. Mm. You know, um, we would have little after action reviews over calls and we would talk all the way home from the hospital. Dwight, what if, you know, I'd ask him, Dwight, what if they were like this? What if their pressure was this? What if they were acting altered at that moment? What if, okay, they're stable now. What if all of a sudden they would have became altered? What would you have done? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through my own kind of reading and studying, because I had a little bit of a gap between advanced EMT school and paramedic school. So I would do my own research and my own stuff. And I would just kind of 
try to self-teach myself and then I'd bring it to the station and run it by him. Mm, and he would good. very quickly tell me if I was completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it would have no problem telling you right, that. No problem at all. But yeah, just, just, just an inspiration to see somebody doing it all these decades and, and still getting just as giddy as me to go on a good call. So when did you, when did you say, all right, it's the time going to medic school. Um, you don't have to give me the, like the actual time frame, but what, what led, it was a cool yes. summer evening. Yes. No, I, uh, post meridian <laughs> 2018 tide was high. No. Um, so like I told you earlier, I knew within the first week or two, I wanted to go to paramedic school during yeah. advanced DMT. I just wanted to know more. I wanted to go deeper. Um, so by the end of my, uh, advanced DMT portion, a new paramedic class was about to start mm-hmm. and I applied for it and I had the school tell me, yeah, it's a risk. You could probably do it. We'll vouch for you. However, my department wouldn't allow it. They said they wouldn't pay for it. I needed to get some experience. I was disappointed at the time, but in the grand scheme of things, that's invaluable. So let me, let me ask you, you know, we're, we're moving more towards higher education and more towards, um, you know, bachelor's degree, some master's degrees in our, in our profession. But what would you say to someone, you know, that's coming in saying, man, you already had a, you had a bachelor's degree. Do you have any idea what different fields you could have gone into and how much money you could make mm. in other areas? What, what drove I, I, you personally? I mean, physical therapy, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty good advanced degree with probably some pretty decent compensation. What was it about this that you decided, and you know, not lower yourself, but no, even yeah. with that education saying, man, this is where I need to be. I, I get it daily. Um, people are always saying, hey, you're just about there for nursing. Go ahead and apply to nursing school or, you know, continue to PA, whatever. I thank them for that. But almost, I get a little insulted. I, I don't get insulted. I get mad. Why does paramedic, why do, if you're a paramedic, why do you have to be looked at as the, the basic starting block? I don't understand, and, and why, I don't understand people, why it has to be like and that. And these are people in our profession asking these questions, I'm guessing. People in my same position at my yeah. department. <laughs> Probably in your state. Why are you here? <laughs> I mean, I, I just, and, and you know, they always... Everybody that I've, that I know, and a lot of people that are really good with this stuff, that really have a knack for it, they leave. You know, it's, this is temporary for them. This is that, yeah, this is pretty cool. I'm going on, you know, and it, it just, it kills me. I don't know why it has to be like that. Cause these people, I, I live in this county, you know, I, I work in my first do where I live. I mean, these are my neighbor, literal neighbors. So you live where you work. Yeah. Mm. I mean, these are my literal neighbors. They deserve better than to just have the leftover remains of people that, you know, are just here for the wrong reasons. I just. So then what was it for you? Mm -hmm. What was it for you? Saying that doesn't matter what my background is. This is what, is it a, is it an urge? Is it a calling? Is it? uh, I think it is. I have. Undefinable. I've worked in a lot of different, different areas. I just, I, I feel it's what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to, I want to have, I think the citizens deserve better. Mm. I want to provide that for them. And, uh, I want to ride this thing out. I got some years. I want to see this. I want to see this one day get the, this career, get the respect it deserves. Now I know that, uh, the school that you went, that you went to has a relationship with the department you're at, but does the, did the level of education or the type education matter? Could you have just been happy going to any no, paramedic no. school, or was there something specific about a technical college that made more sense for you? Or yeah, um, my my self application to the to the program would have been the same regardless. But absolutely, the program that I was fortunate enough to go to, um, the the caliber that you're on every single day. I mean, 
when I went to do registry, test out for registry at the end of this program, I mean, I, it was the easiest test I'd taken the entire year. Good. I mean, I, it was uh, genuinely, it was, I was sitting there, I told Brandon, I was worried I failed it because I'm, I'm on registry's website reading the paramedic candidate handbook and it don't, it's like, don't worry if every question gets harder. That means you're doing well. It means it's trying to figure out how much you know. And I'm clicking. I'm like, click, click, click. <laughs> this is supposed to get challenging. And <laughs> I, luckily, I my program my Good. program prepared me. I felt confident going in. I'll pay you later. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your instructor? No, no I forget. <laughs> oh man, some guy, some guy. I saw a picture of you on my phone. Easy. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a video. It was you a video. promised you'd take that off. <laughs> it was a video from the first day of school, and we were all standing up oh, introducing EMT ourselves. School or no, paramedic. Paramedic. School. paramedic. Oh, wow. We were standing up introducing ourselves, and you had no beard. And I was like, Brandon, what? Like, I, it's just it's your image now. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> all right. So back to the question of why medic. Even though you got to go to clinical areas and sites where you know you got to you got to work alongside other allied health professions mid-level providers physicians again i just want to echo and and ask even further seeing all of that seeing the opportunities what was it about the pre-hospital profession where you were like this is where i'm this is where i am and and i love this um i love the autonomy of the daily day-to-day schedule i love to get the stuff down done around the station that I need to do and then the freedom to kind of run roam around your due almost kind of in a post, you know. Wait I used to go out and just kind of know where the calls would go off and we'd go sit in a parking lot and just sounds hope to like, catch some. Sounds like somebody else. <laughs> Jason. <laughs> it's like wait, 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 I missed it. All right. So day one of paramedic school. Right. Think back, see if you can see if you can pull back into the bank and think about excited, nervous, anxious, motivated. What what do you so think? So excited. Okay. So excited. Gotcha. Um, I was texting, uh, uh, emailing the, uh, the person in charge of my department of the logistics of it, paying for it, getting our documents in, yeah. providing us with our textbooks and everything. I was texting, I was emailing her and then the school found out six, seven months in advance what the textbook list was going to be, and I just went and bought it just so I could get a head start. Um, just so pumped up, um, nice. motivated, excited, ready to uh, to get after what I w- had been wanting to do for so long. So I remember day one, I came in, and it was just nobody was saying a word to each other. Even though you went through EMT school with some of some of the people you were sitting beside, we walk in, you could hear a pin drop. It's just that awkward mm-hmm. silence of, Paramedic it's all school. the horror stories. Yeah. You don't know what you're walking into. <laughs> well, it's it's like the the moment the silence of paramedic school just started. Like it's getting real. They, they yeah. walk in. What I, mean, I think it's a lot of pressure. Uh, even at our departments, you know, you say, "Oh, you're in paramedic school," and then it's like immediately, like, you know, almost targets on you. Well, then what's going on with this patient? It's like, oh, been in school for 15 minutes. I don't, you know, just a lot of pressure. So, so, so let's talk about that. Especially for a at second. the program we went to, you right. choose to, you could go a couple different routes. And if you choose to go to the school I went to, it's kind of, so, so people it's got a reputation. So you, you go to a program that has history, mm-hmm. you work for a department that has history. You have a partner who is, has a legacy, you know, people work with him. He's been in the field for a long time. Like you said, he has a reputation of, just loving EMS, being one of the best medics at that service in the moment where, okay, 
paramedic school just started. Are you thinking about that at all? Are you thinking about I don't want to let I don't want to let anybody down? Or are you thinking just okay? What do, what do I expect? What yeah, do- yeah, just kind of the anticipation. Mm-hmm. How tough is this going to get? How deep are we going to go? Um, and then just not wanting to let my my mentor down. Cool. Want to make him proud. And, and certainly, everyone sitting in that room day one is excited. Oh yeah, and everyone just can't wait to get started. And then at some point during the program, reality hits. And you hit a wall. I mean, it, it happens with everyone. Mm-hmm. How soon and then how did you see either yourself, if you're being honest, and maybe you're, maybe you're not. Maybe you're just extremely excited from day one until mm-hmm. the day you left. I doubt that. But if you take just the general consensus from your from the people you went to school with, at what point do you hit that wall and you start realizing, I'm not as excited. This yeah, is now... Yeah really hard work. Maybe I'm even questioning whether I can, should be here, whether I can finish, whether or not, man, we're just getting bogged down with busy work. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe we're not even doing the right thing. Maybe we're just doing things just to go through whatever emotions Mm -hmm. our instructors want us to go through. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Like when the excitement goes away and reality starts to hit in and you're wondering, is this really going to work out? How, how far into the program did that take you or, or as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, started feeling like that about halfway through clinicals, you know, I was just starting to really get bogged down. I had, I had scheduled my clinicals a lot close together. I had them pretty congested up and then with the schoolwork I was doing and then while continuing to work on shift. So that was probably a little longer than halfway. I was going to say a little over half, probably Mm -hmm. during summer. So five or six months into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. Yeah. And then especially we had at one point we had like a week or two break for some somewhere in there we had a break yeah I forgot exactly in between where it was. semesters and uh i kind of had a lull in my clinicals for like a week or so i didn't have school for a week or so and yeah that little breather break when we started coming back i was a little bit like uh yeah are we beating a dead horse a little bit but mm-hmm. and so and even in that moment too like jason was saying the novelty's gone right it, it's not new right. anymore you're not exactly excited and motivated like right. you were in the very beginning also, one of the non-tangibles that, and I try to tell every class, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, life. Life happens. It sure does. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't matter how far you're into the program. It doesn't matter what's going on. How, how do you continue to drive forward whenever it's like, man, this is ridiculous now? Yep. Yep. <laughs> At that moment, I remember clearly when you said it, first day. Life happens, happens to all of us, it happened to me. And I think that's where you separate and that's where you see, I signed up for this class for a promotion. You find out who was there for a promotion when things get tough, when it's no longer fun, they may be the ones to bow out, you know. When life happens. Right. right. Yeah. So, so how do you, what did you do personally? Because I know life happened. Mm -hmm. So life happened. You're still at work. You're still doing clinical. You're doing a lot of clinical. Essentially, you're working three full-time jobs and going Mm -hmm. to school. Um, And a new father and trying to be a attentive husband. Right. Yeah, no, it was a lot. And, And all that. And then life happened. Right. So what did you tell yourself did, did you just put yourself in autopilot? And again, think about the student who may be listening mm-hmm. to this, because again, to that student, life is going to happen. Right. If you could pass any, any wisdom from your experience onto them, what would you say? Go back to the moment you were in EMT school 
or the moment you had a really, really rewarding call, the moment where you said, I need to go higher with this. I believe paramedicine is for me. I want to be this responsible provider right now. I would have, you look at your paramedic you're with, I would want to be them right now. Mm. That moment of excitement and energy and conviction that you felt compelled to do it. Mm. Think about that. That's what I did a couple times. Why, when it got tough, why am I doing this? Is it worth it? Yeah, because I remember that day that this clicked for me, that this is what I wanted to do. And just hold on to that drive. And like I said, to the calls I've seen, I haven't, Everything that I thought, the few topics I thought we were beating a dead horse on or this was a little bit too extra, it's all I've heard in the field and I've seen it in the field. So nothing ended up being, you know, a waste or too much. Everything is valuable and prioritize it as such. So you're halfway through clinical. Um, you've seen a lot of different areas. You're learning a lot. You're trying to absorb a lot. You're trying to you're trying to keep a good attitude. Um, life happens. And then you're approaching the last semester. Is there ever a moment where you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, slow down? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think anybody could probably agree, maybe both of you now when you hear me say it, but you're, you're going through the program, you're 50, 60, 70, 80% done. You're like, I'm ready, I'm ready, let's do this, I'm ready. Oh, it's here. <laughs> oh, this really is all on me. And there's a little bit of trepidation for a minute where you're the, the seriousness of it hits me. It happened to me. Yeah, and if um, you're being honest, is it you're ready to go out and treat patients or you're just ready to be done yeah, with yeah. the education, right, with the right. I think going to a, school, studying, clinical, all that. Right. Yeah, that's a very tied together. Um, yeah. Yeah, you do feel done. You feel ready. Hey, you know, I, I got, you know, got a handle on this thing. Let's let's get this show going. Yeah. And then getting ready to sign sign up for testing and registering. It's Okay, this is this is for real. Yeah, was there Showtime. ever was there ever a moment where you were like, uh, I want to hit rewind for for a little bit? Yeah, there there were there were certain times when I was preparing for our for our program finals and to and to prepare for registry, and I was like, Ooh, I would sure wish I could have a another lecture on this. Mm. I wish maybe I'd have been a little bit more uh, awake that day, or. <laughs> Wish I wouldn't have ran so many calls the night before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this much more coffee. So you go through you go through the exit process through the program. You go and take registry, both practical and uh practical and written. You pass registry, get out of the program, mm -hmm. and then Luckily, you're, you're cut uh, loose. Yeah, my paramedic partner, um, he's an FTO, he's a preceptor. Mm. So did my career with him and how cool it was that he was able then to preset me for my paramedic. Mm. Very Put good. me through my field training for that. Was that a, were you looking forward to that or were you worried about his standards or did his, were his, did, were you worried his standards were for you were going to change after you got your numbers? No, no, I don't think so. He, uh, he set me up for success. He really, mm. if anything was remotely serious, he would take a rider in a driver and he would let me be back there with him. So I felt, I had been through a lot with him, and he had he had trained me up to his standard. That's incredibly important. To, to be honest, I was almost a little sad that it was going to end, so we wouldn't be together anymore. And knowing other, not just preceptors at your department, but others, would you say that he's that that's the norm? No, or is he outside that norm? He's outside the norm. No. Yeah. So let's talk about preceptors for a second. Uh, we'll kind of rewind back to clinical, and. It doesn't necessarily have to be clinical. I think like Jason's alluding, maybe in a field training experience mm -hmm. for after paramedic school, whenever you're trying to prove to your department, I'm ready to be on my own. Right. Either way, clinical experience, FTO experience, 
in the moments where you had a difficult preceptor, mm-hmm. where you guys just had zero chemistry, it didn't work out well together. You, you, you they, you maybe have felt like they didn't want you to be there. Mm-hmm. How did you, or how did you handle that? Because I know there's certain areas whenever you're doing your clinical, um, you're trying to get intubations, for right. example, mm-hmm. and then there's just certain people where it's like, nope. Yeah. How do you handle that? Um. Hospital setting would be a little bit different. Hospital preceptors versus pre-hospital preceptors. Uh, some of my EMS rides, the the paramedic preceptors, it was just astonishing. The lack of knowledge, the lack of care, not literally telling me, I don't know what we carry on this ambulance. Wow. Those would be their words. And inside you want to get mad, like you're the reason that our profession is looked at the way it is. You know, you're contributing to that issue. You're not part of the solution to turn this thing around. But then to be honest with you, I'm just kind of want to dig deeper, see what he knows. How have you, okay, you have, you, you say you don't even know what's on this ambulance. You've been doing this 15 years and then just kind of talk them through their calls and try to see what they know. Um, um, in hospital, um, you got to approach it with humility and you have to make the best of the situation, ask the questions the best you can and just go in there with thick skin and realize that for some reason or another, a lot of them are not going to be willing to help. They're going to answer things reluctantly. And, you know, you're probably going to feel not so tall that day at some points. Mm. But if you can learn one thing during the clinical, one little tidbit, it's worth it for your patient to to take that with humility and try to soak that up. So that's the negative side of it. Correct. One thing I, I don't want to do is paint a picture of a horror story to an incoming medic student. I just want them to understand realistically, there will be days where you, you feel like they don't want you there. You feel like, man, I feel like I'm wasting my time almost. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you turn off that thought process of, you know what? I'm not wasting my time. I'm still going to make this valuable. I'm going to work on my communication with my preceptor. I'm going to work this out to where it's worth the 12 hours. I'm here. Do it for the patient. You're in that room with the patient. Talk to the patient. Mm. You know, you don't need a preceptor to talk to the patient. You don't You don't need a preceptor to show the patient you care. There's family in the room. Mm. You know, get on a personal level with the family. Where are you from? Where do you guys live? Have you always lived here? How many children do you have? Are you retired? What mm. kind of work did you used to do? You know, yeah. you don't need a preceptor to show people you care. And then the more I would do that, oftentimes it would change the attitude of the preceptor. They then would be more receptive and want to talk and open up to me. And then more reluctant to answer questions I may have had. So then on the flip side of that, taking your FTO out of the picture, all of the different clinicals you wrote, give us some examples of some good experiences that you've had that have had a mark on you. Oh, my God. Uh, the operating room. Operating really? room, NICU, um, those two, by far my favorite. Mm. If I were to ever go into any type of... Go into that. Yeah. Go into it a little bit. The the ability... I, I used to love getting to the ICU um, NICU and then also uh, ICU to go in there and see the rounds when all the specialties, respiratory, the attending, uh, they would all get together, all the nurses, they would all get together and do like a, a, a morning huddle, like a morning plan of action for this patient and to just sit there and just try to just soak up a 15th of what they were saying it was just amazing. And to see the communication chain between all of them and the, you know, the treatment plan, it was just, it was mind blowing. And uh, some of those, some of those nurses that are in the, you know, intensivist sections of the hospital, like the NICU and the level of care and just the. Hmm. So in that moment, did you ever, did it ever hit you? Wow. What I do 
pre-hospital it, it, it matters. It, oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, oftentimes a complaint I have about this career field that I tell people that don't know anything about it, like family and my wife. It's like it's so amazing and it's so so important to me to be a part of that process. But it's like a movie that you always start and you pause at halfway. Oftentimes you don't know what happens. They just get taken to the hospital and they just become a just a thought and a memory that fades away. And you're like, I wonder what happened. And to go there and go to a clinical site and see a patient that I took to the hospital two weeks mm-hmm. prior. Yeah. And seeing what's happening with the patient and what. Okay, so I know I drop a patient off to the ER. I go back a few hours later and I'm told they're going to ICU before clinicals, before paramedic school. I didn't know what that meant. What does that mean? And then to go up there and work there and see what they do. And mm-hmm. it's just in, invaluable to be around that caliber of medicine. And you it get was, to see that it's a part of a system. Absolutely. That it truly is a, an entire absolutely. chain. And you just, you're thinking about the small stuff now when I'm on a truck. Okay. I'm thinking more two weeks from now when they're in ICU. Mm-hmm. And I'm going back to that moment in my head when I was in clinical and it's like, okay, this is what this patient has to look forward to. Or this is what the the future is going to probably look like for this patient for a little while and just extremely invaluable experience. What about the good preceptors pre-hospital outside, outside of Dwight? Right. What about some good preceptors at different EMS agencies that so you inspiring. didn't work for? So inspiring. Um, to go into neighborhood, neighboring agencies and, and talking with them and seeing their passion and seeing what they're doing and with their professional careers and what they're doing for continued education just just super inspiring to travel around and seeing that, you know, maybe my experience with Dwight, there's Dwight's everywhere. And that's mm-hmm. just a really felt good to see that and to see people that are really loving this as much as I do. All right, everybody, we're going to cut it right here for this episode. However, check back with us in a couple of days whenever we continue the conversation with Chris and we talk about his very first call as a paramedic. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.